You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Hello and welcome into another episode of the EPA podcast brought to you by BGN Radio. I am your host Shane Half. You can follow me on Twitter at half and half underscore TPL. I am joined today by BGN's own Johnny Page. You can give him a follow on Twitter at JohnnyPage9. We're going to be breaking down the Eagles matchup against the Chiefs in the Super Bowl. But before we get into that, Johnny, how are you doing this afternoon? Or I guess it's actually evening there for you. Yeah, evening over here. I'm good. I think the nerves are starting to kick in. On the Eagles' point of view, like you go through spells, don't you? At the first, it's just relief that you beat the 49ers. Then it's excitement. Then you start watching the Chiefs. And now I've watched way too much Patrick Mahomes the last week and the nerves are fully uh, kicking in. I feel like I'm ready for this game. The next few days can just go away as far as I'm concerned. I'm sort of done all my research. Uh, as far as I'm concerned, I'm ready to go. So, yeah, I'm good. I, I'm excited, though. I'm very excited. It's not very often you get to a Super Bowl, so I'm trying to enjoy the week as much as I can and all of the stupid questions about Sirianni's five-year-old daughter and et cetera, et cetera. I'm trying to just enjoy the craziness of this week as much as I can. Yeah, there, there's a process where I'm glad that I had two weeks to prepare for the podcast and to analyze the game. And as I do that more, I start to build confidence. And now I'm just in the part where it's just nervous energy sitting here waiting. It's like I've done everything that I can do at this point. I'm just ready for the game to get here. If they could somehow do a week and a half instead of two weeks, that would be absolutely perfect for me. So uh, we're going to dive into this. We're going to just walk through uh, Eagles offense versus Chiefs defense. We'll flip the script and do Chiefs offense against the Eagles defense. Give you guys some matchups to watch. Uh, some things to be looking out for. Johnny is on International Game Pass, so unlike the rest of us, his Game Pass actually worked this week. So he's got some All-22 stuff. Uh, go check out his threads on Twitter, and he'll bring some of that in as well. But Johnny, let's start out with the Eagles' offense against the Chiefs' defense. Let's start out talking about the rushing attack, which I think is going to be pretty important in this game. Uh, I saw this stat on Twitter. I'm not sure if you saw this, but uh, per football perspective on Twitter, in 17 games that Jalen Hurts has played this year, the Eagles have rushed for more yards than they've allowed passing yards. And they have rushed for more yards per carry than they have allowed net passing yards per attempt, which is just an insane stat. Uh, I feel like this is a game where the Eagles are going to want to impose their will in the trenches. Uh, what I've seen of the Chiefs, that they've been a remarkably light box team in the playoffs. Of course, you're playing Joe Burrow. They don't have much of a running game. That factors into it. But uh, what do you expect to see from the Chiefs to combat this Eagles rushing attack? And do you think it'll work? Yeah, so I'm interested because, as you said, I've watched a lot of Chiefs recently, and I've mainly watched the most recent weeks, and they are basically a two-high defense. Like, I think they rank first in middle field uh, open. I mean, this this team plays a lot of two-high. And I always think NFL matchups can sometimes be overrated in that there's a point where teams will just run what teams run. The idea that the Chiefs are suddenly going to stack the box every snap, I just don't see it. They haven't played that way for... 19 weeks or whatever however many weeks we're into the season at this point so the odds that they're just going to completely shift it i don't expect to happen however there is no doubt that the eagles offense poses a quite unique threat because there's not i mean there's no team that runs the ball as well as the eagles uh, do on a per snap basis so i think the big thing for me um will be how the chiefs come out on first down because we spoke about this quite a lot actually but um sort of contrary to popular belief, the Eagles actually do like to throw the ball early and then run the ball when they're ahead. And I think the issue they've had in recent weeks is they haven't actually thrown the ball that well, either against the Giants or the 49ers. I don't think Hurts has been fully healthy. And I think they've almost run out of uh, necessity rather than aiming to run the ball early. I think against the 49ers, you definitely saw them want to throw it. And then you saw them start to run the ball. 
I have a feeling this week that the Eagles might just run it from the get-go. I think if the Chiefs are going to come out and play too high, I expect to see the Eagles run it a lot. Um, I think the thing for me will be to watch out. The reason why the Chiefs don't mind playing too high is because they have a very good defensive line. And a bit like you sort of hope with the Eagles in a perfect world where Chris Jones is so good, you don't need to stack the box because he is that good. I don't think any Eagles offensive lineman is going to get completely handled by him. I think he's going to make plays because he's very, very good and he will make plays. But we saw what the Eagles did with Dexter Lawrence a couple of weeks ago into Giants. Now, I know they're very different players, but they're both interior linemen. And the Eagles plan of Dexter Lawrence was basically double team him at nearly every play or read him and do something where you've got a trap, uh, like a tight end coming or a trap to try and take him out, try and basically get him moving in the wrong direction as much as you can and almost then ignore the second level for a little bit. And the Eagles might decide that is the best way of going this game. Yes, if you can get to the second level, brilliant. But the first thing is just take care of Chris Jones. And then you hope that Hurts and Sanders will make someone miss. If you have an unblocked linebacker or a secondary defender, that's the way of going about it. I think the worst thing the Eagles could do is run the ball early, get stuffed by Chris Jones, and end up sort of throwing against two high looks from looks like second and 12, second and 13, because it is difficult. Uh, the Chiefs is a pretty good defense. They're not a great defense, but they've got a very good pass rush on second and third down as well. They've got the fifth highest sack rate in the NFL this year. They can get after the quarterback. They only allow six yards per pass attempt, which is sixth best in the league. So it's a pretty good pass defense because they play a lot of too high and very common knowledge it's harder to throw against two deep safeties as it is against single high so i think for me i'm going to be really watching the chief safeties early on that will be my main focus is i'll be watching what the chiefs do on the back end because i think that will decide basically what the eagles do as an offense if the chiefs come out and play too high i really do think as cliche as it sounds you run the ball i think you run the ball with a lot of zone read you leave an edge up blocks that means you can double um, Chris Jones and like they did with Dexter Lawrence you can sort of run the other direction or you can double team him because I don't think he's good enough to completely blow up Kelson Samalu or Kelson Dickerson he's a good player but the Eagles offensive line is very very good as well so I think you might be right I think this could be a run the ball early type of game and if they do that and the Chiefs adjust then you know what they're going to do single high let it fly and I think that might have to be the strategy if they can get the Chiefs out of these two high shells yeah, I, I agree with that. And I wonder, so I wonder if we're going to see a lot of heavy personnel in this game, a lot more than you would normally see. The Chiefs don't like to play a base defense. They only do it on about 20% of their snaps. And the Eagles, you've written in some of your articles this year, they've been remarkably good out of 12 personnel, both running and throwing the ball. It's one of the, I forget the numbers and you might have them, but out of all the position groups in the NFL, I think they're like a top five uh personnel group in terms of EPA per play when they're in 12. Conversely, the Chiefs, they're, they run a lot of heavy personnel on offense and not to get too far into the Chiefs part uh, here, but the Chiefs run a lot of heavy personnel as well. 12 personnel at the fourth highest rate in the league, 13 personnel at the third highest rate. Like it, and the Eagles don't have a base personnel. Like They don't put three linebackers on the field. They go into that 5-2 front. And so now you know, you're either committing five guys to rushing the passer or you're dropping Josh Sweat or Hassan Reddick into coverage, which isn't ideal. So I almost wonder, as strange as it sounds, as good as these two offenses have been this season, you've got Patrick Mahomes and Jalen Hurts, the two MVP candidates at quarterback. I wonder if both teams are going to walk out with a run-heavy, heavy personnel approach early in this game. Yeah, let's touch on the Eagles side of this. So the Eagles offense generated, this was four last week, by the way, about 0.07 EPA for 11 personnel and 0.23 from 12 personnel. That's quite a significant difference. Um, and not just that, I mean, 0.23 is nearly what the Chiefs offense is as a whole. So still not as good as the Chiefs offense, which is a bit scary, but we'll get on that later. But the thing that the Eagles do really well, basically, is what a lot of teams do is they actually throw the ball really well from 12 personnel. Um, I think there are lots of reasons for this, but I think one of the main reasons is you get single high more often than not. So the Eagles might use 12 personnel as a way of getting more single high coverage looks because very simple terms, you've got more men in the box. But I think the other thing is that the Eagles' third receivers haven't actually been that good this year. Zach Pascal was a really good gadget player. He does things in the offense very, very well, but he's not an explosive or particularly good on a personal basis. And Quez Watkins just hasn't been that good. And 
Jack Starr was really good as a blocker. But the other thing you can do is you can leave Jack Starr in line and you can then split out Dallas Goddard um, and then use him as more of a sort of slot receiver as well. So I think this is going to be a heavy personnel game for the Eagles as well. Um, when the Chiefs have gone to more of a base defense, you mentioned they haven't done it very often. So they mix it up a little bit, but they've gone uh, for free, which I guess is their main base, uh, only on 10% of their snaps. When they do that, they're actually allowing an EPA per play of 0.18, which is the worst out of any personnel. So in very simple terms, they're pretty much at their worst when they're in 4-3 in their base. The only time they're actually worse than that is when they play their dime package. However, you have to take into account when they play dime that this is an obvious passing situation. So if it's third and 15, they give up a 12-yard pass. You know, sometimes that can look different different on the statistics and the way it comes up with EPA. So essentially, they're at their weakest in terms of the major defences they play more than 10% of the time when they are in there 4-3. So if the Eagles can try and get them to match that, I think that could be something the Eagles do, definitely. But actually, I would not be surprised if this is... Because I fought this against the 49ers and they use more 11 personnel than I thought. I think the other thing you can do with 11 personnel is you can just really spread out um, the opposing team. If the Eagles decide to go a really zone-heavy run game, a lot of read option, a lot of bubble screens, you could see some trips with like Dallas Goddard, Pascal, and AJ Brown on one side of the field to try and get them scared of the screen pass. And they've done this a lot to um, basically ruin Fred Warner and the 49ers linebackers uh, last week. So I think we may see some 12 personnel, and we should do because the Eagles are very good at it. But actually, in a weird way, I prefer them throwing from 12 personnel and running from 11 personnel. So actually, if they're going to establish a run this game, they might come out from 11 personnel and say, go on, play too high. We've got our three receivers on the field and then try and run it and get some empty boxes because... As I said, when you look at the Chiefs, they do not stack the box much at all, about 15% of the time this year. Now, that may change. 15 may become 20. But do I suddenly think 15% is going to suddenly spiral to like 75% stack boxes? It's just very unlikely. It's not really what the Chiefs have done all year. So I think I think you're right. I think we're going to see a run-heavy game plan. And I think that's probably uh, the best way of doing it. And as long as you can take out Chris Jones... There's no one else hugely on that defensive line that scares me uh, too much in terms of stopping the run game. Yeah, and you mentioned uh, you mentioned running from the four strong sets. That's something that I know they did a lot against the 49ers. Putting the three receivers on one side with the running back and then running away from that. And so uh, it, it really messed with Fred Warner in terms of having to sniff out the bubble screen or his hurts keeping and running with three lead blockers. And um Obviously, that's something they've put on film uh, to a large degree in the 49ers game. We've seen it in other games as well. And uh, you would assume that Steve Spagnuolo will have an answer for that. But the the Chiefs do not have linebackers to the talent of the 49ers. And so that should be an advantageous matchup. Uh, I mean, if you can run on the 49ers linebackers, if you can be effective in that RPO and zone read game against Fred Warner and Dre Greenlaw, I think you can do it against any linebacker group in the NFL. So... Certainly things to watch there for the rushing attack. Let's talk about the Eagles passing attack a little bit and how it matches up against this Chiefs defense. Now, the passing attack has not looked the same since Hertz came back from injury. Uh, and I want to get your thoughts on this, but a few statistics here. Since returning from injury, Hertz is 3 of 10 on deep passes. Uh, that's 2 of 10 if you took away the incorrect ruling on the Devonta Smith 4th and 3 catch. It just the ball has come out high. It's come out long. Uh, per Pro Football Reference, Hertz has had five games this season uh, with over 15% of his throws charted as bad throws, and it's the last five games that he has played in. And then uh, Shiel Kapadia had this one, but uh, the offensive success rate league-wide, uh, so the league average, the Eagles have been below that four times this season, and three of them were in the last four games. And so... Obviously, it's a small sample size, and large samples are more valuable than small samples. And you have a Week 18 game with a vanilla game plan, and you have two playoff games that got out of hand quickly. So are you concerned about Hertz and his passing ability in this game? Do you think it's just noise from a small sample size? Uh, what is your feeling about Hertz as a passer in this game? 
Yeah, my gut feeling is I'm a little bit nervous and I've been so impressed by Jalen Hurts this year. I think people could count me as a doubter before the year. My doubts are gone. I don't doubt anything at all. Pay him what he wants. That is, he's earned it. He's a franchise quarterback, blah, blah, blah. But the numbers don't lie and the film doesn't lie. He's been more nervous in the pocket. He's bailed from clean pockets a little bit more, but to an extent, and I've said this throughout the year, I have to be consistent. I think he's just always going to do that because when you're that good of a runner, you don't need to sit in the pocket and get through your fifth read like Peyton Manning in his prime because that's probably not the most advantageous way of winning. Read one side, a couple of reads, half-field reads, and then get going because you can create outside of structure. The problem for me is actually the actual throwing of the, of the football. So last week, he completely overshot AJ Brown and the ball was very flat. You missed a couple as well, one to Quez Watkins. Um, I'm a little bit concerned because the Chiefs' pass defence is good. It's they, they have a good pass rush and they only allow, as I said, six yards per pass attempt. And they live in this too high world, which most of the Eagles' shots this year have been outside the numbers, vertical shots against single high. That is what the Eagles' offence do. If for some reason they can't run on early downs, which can happen, sometimes you have a few bad blocks, Chris Jones makes a play. You get in second and 12 and you're against two high. Those vertical shots are not going to be as easy to hit because it's really difficult to hit them. Now, there is one way they can do it, and we'll talk about this in a second. Um, but I'm a little nervous. I'm a little bit nervous. The other thing the Chiefs like doing as well is, you'd have seen this, but I believe they rank first in press coverage snaps. And on film, you see it every single week. And what press coverage can do is it can take away some of those short slants, those RPO bubble screens, for example. You've seen offenses or defenses, sorry, do this against the Miami Dolphins, who run RPOs at about as high rate as anyone. Uh, the way of stopping that is by pressing the receivers early. We see a lot of like slants to AJ Brown, to Devontae Smith. They sort of get taken away if you can't win against press coverage. Now, obviously, I expect AJ Brown to defeat press coverage. But sometimes winning is not enough. If you can throw the timing off, if you can make the quarterback hold it for half a second longer, that stuff matters because a linebacker might be able to come over or you might get the dreaded offensive lineman downfield if Hurts has to hold the ball for a beat later. So I would be lying if I said I wasn't a little bit concerned about the passing game. What I am not nervous about is the running game. But I'm of the opinion that the Eagles are going to have to throw the ball and I think there's a few things they're going to have to be careful of. Um, the Chiefs' defensive backs are good. The safeties in particular made some really good plays that I was watching. They seem to understand and it is easier playing as a too high uh, safety. We did see the Bengals go downfield occasionally, but we also saw the Chiefs intercept Burrow a couple of times on those downfield throws. So although there was big plays like to T Higgins and Jamar Chase, if I'm the Chiefs and you could tell me right now that they're going to get one or two interceptions and give, up, and, give up, and give up a few big plays, they would do that, I think, in a heartbeat. Because against this offense, they might feel like a couple of turnovers is all they need. The other thing I'm a little bit concerned about is the Chiefs do not blitz anywhere near as much as they used to under Steve Spagnola. Um, but you know they can do it. And you know they can bring some stuff. And the Eagles have got a lot better against the blitz. However, there has been games this year when they have struggled against it. So I'm not overly confident in the Eagles passing game. If you could tell me Hurts was completely fine, then I think I would be. But there's that little uh, nervous part of me that is still wants to see him go out there and really play well because people can say what they want, but the numbers show it. We simply haven't been as efficient as a passing offense since Hurts' uh, shoulder injury. And you can't really argue against facts, unfortunately. Yeah, I've said I said going into the Giants playoff game that I would know how I felt about the game on the first drive because I needed to see Hertz actually play. And two blowouts later, I'm still not sure how I feel about Hertz and what percentage he's at because he really hasn't had to do a lot this postseason. And that's a huge credit to the team. Uh, I would argue that against the 49ers, Hertz probably played his worst game of the year and they they boat raced the 49ers. And that, that gives you some confidence that if Hertz has a B-level game, the Eagles can still win this football game. If Mahomes has a B-level game, the Chiefs get run out of the stadium. So there's a margin there, but you can't turn the ball over. You've got to be able to make some of those plays. And uh, you mentioned blitzing, that the Chiefs blitzed on about 28% of their snaps in the regular season, but that's dropped to 14% in the playoffs. Now, part of that it's a two-game sample size. One of those games was against the Bengals, who were starting three backup offensive linemen, so they did not need to blitz. They could just destroy. And Chris Jones 
dominated in that game. Now they had Chris Jones rushing off of the right edge against the right tackle because it was a backup. I don't think you want to do that against the Eagles. Do you really want to rush him against Lane Johnson? I, I don't think you do. And you could put him at left tackle or you could put him rushing against Jordan Mailata, but Jordan Mailata is good against power rushers. And so I do think Chris Jones is largely going to be in the interior, and I'm very confident in the Eagles' interior offensive line to hold up. Uh, what I'm not as confident in, and you mentioned it, is if they bring the blitz. I feel like Hertz has been good this season against man blitzing because when it's man blitzing, he just has to make the one guy miss and get out of the pocket, and everyone's got their back turned downfield. Zone blitzing is what scares me. And you mentioned that the Chiefs run a lot of press man coverage. They're one of the higher man coverage teams in the league, one of the higher press teams. And so it's against their nature to start dialing up a lot of zone blitzes. But there's no denying that is where the Eagles offense is weakest. And Spags always gets into his bag for the playoffs. And so that's something I'm looking for from the Chiefs defense is to mix in some of those zone blitzes Um Maybe some of those simulated pressure looks uh, you put out in your film thread that on passing downs, they like to get like two nine techniques, wide nine, and then they put their defensive tackles at like a four, a four eye way out wide. And it makes it really hard for your center to get over and help on Chris Jones, especially if you just put a linebacker over the center to bait him in. And so I think it's really important the Eagles stay above uh, ahead of the sticks. They've got to stay in neutral downs because I do think if they get into third and longs or Second and 12s, I think Spags is going to have some stuff cooked up that will give the Eagles problems. Yeah, I don't want to be in late downs uh, too much in this game. It did make me laugh, actually. There was a lot of snaps where they played at two four eyes and two white nines, and every response to me was just brilliant. We'll just run it. And I'm thinking, well, yeah, but it is like, it could be like third and 14. Like if Jalen Hurts runs for seven yards on third and 14 or eight yards, the Chiefs are fine with that. Um, I think there is going to be times when Hurts will absolutely be able to escape, escape against his defense. I think they will take risks and they will accept pressuring Hurts. I think with Spagnuolo as well, always watch out for different down blitzes and the generic third down blitz, which is very common. But actually, Spagnuolo is not afraid of sending the round of second blitz, second down blitz, and early down blitz. I think you always have to be prepared for it. I think the things that the Eagles can do well this game is they can take the Chiefs' um, press coverage to their advantage by using a lot of like pick plays, using a lot of motion, using a lot of bunches, a lot of stacks. Things that the Eagles don't do that much of. I think this might be a week where they have to do more of it. The other thing is simply, well, if the Chiefs want to go man-to-man press coverage and they do bring a safety down against a run, then that's your moment. Like, that's why A.J. Brown is A.J. Brown. And if the Eagles can connect on those big plays, then they're going to absolutely score a lot of points. Um, That is my one concern, is whether Hurts and A.J. Brown can get their timing back to where it was at the start of the year. Um, but if they can do that, then they have got a really, really good chance of this game. The one thing I want to mention as well, which if you saw the threads, um, you will know already, but the Chiefs are really aggressive against good wide receivers. Like they double them a lot. A lot of defenses, fans always shout, double someone, aka the Eagles against CD Lamb. But it rarely actually happens. Like a lot of teams don't out and out double receivers, even like yours, Justin Jefferson. Oh, He's one-on-one. It happens a lot more than you think because it's really hard to actually be in a coverage that allows you to commit two men to one player. And it also means you're often short elsewhere. So from a numbers point of view, it's not as easy as fans may think to just simply double everyone. And you'll see that when the Eagles have Travis Kelsey. The Eagles can't just double him all the time because it's not it's not that easy. The Chiefs double receivers about as much as anyone I saw, um, I've seen on tape this year. I mean, last week, there's so many snaps where even if they're not doubling Chase, they might be impressed, man, with a safety over the top. And that safety is just staring at Chase. Like, he might not be officially in a double. It might be cover two man, but it doesn't look like cover two man. It looks like man coverage with a safety over the top who is staring directly at Chase or Higgins. Now, what's weird, actually, is that... Sometimes, and you'll see this in the clips, the Chiefs play an in-out bracket. So they have a cornerback playing on the outside and a safety playing on the inside. And actually, they end up having nobody over the top because in a weird way, it's quite an aggressive coverage where if you have run a comeback, you're dead. If you run an out route, an in route, you're in trouble, a crossing route, you've got no chance. The one space where there is area 
is directly down the field. So last week against the Chiefs, uh, sorry, against the Bengals, uh, Jamar Chase faked an in and just ran straight down the field. The cornerback wasn't even running with him. The cornerback was a yard or two behind him because he was watching the out. Uh, and suddenly Jamar Chase is gone and Burrow threw it straight uh, down the field for about a 35-yard completion. And I went back and watched him against Devontae Adams and they'd done the exact same thing where the cornerback is two yards behind. Devontae Adams does the exact same thing. He fakes like a stutter step as if he's going to turn inside. Then he just runs downfield. And Derek Carr actually produces a hell of a throw for about a 50 or so yard touchdown. So if the Eagles really want to get aggressive and the Chiefs are going to get aggressive with AJ Brown, if they're brave, and it has to be brave because normally when a player gets double covered as a quarterback, you might just look off him and move on to your next read because you're told by your coaches, well, if that's your first read, you look up, he's doubled, move on. Don't stare him down. But if the Eagles are aggressive in this game, and I hope early on they take a couple of shots and test that Chiefs coverage on the back end, because I just have a feeling, and the Chiefs will know this, the Chiefs are not stupid, they'll have seen what happens in big games, but at the end of the day, their bracket has obviously been told to stop crossing routes, uh, out routes, comeback routes. So if you can get down the field, I think there is absolutely a chance that the Eagles could have a couple of big plays uh, down the field. So I think... There are obviously ways to beat this Chiefs defence. They're aggressive, but they can be beat over the top. I think that's something to look out for. Look out for when the Chiefs double AJ Brown. I think there could still be opportunities to get down the field. And the other thing I would mention is that when they're playing that press coverage, just because they're playing too high safeties doesn't mean you can't throw it quickly. So at the end of the day, if they're playing press coverage, that means the cornerback's back is going to be turned to the quarterback most of the time. That's when you can hit those back shoulder throws. Now, I had someone tell me about how good Hurts and AJ Brown have been on back, back shoulder throws this year on Twitter. And I must admit, I wasn't, I mean, I've watched every single snap from Hurts and AJ Brown. For me, they're more of an over the top sort of looping ball, go up and get it down the field, track it, not a back shoulder offense. But if the Chiefs are going to really press him, and we're talking really, really aggressive press, you saw Mike Evans have some success against this. That means the defensive back's got his back turned because that's the downside of press coverage is the defensive back, once AJ Brown releases, it would not be looking at the quarterback. So if you really trust your guy and you think AJ Brown is that good, this is the week, I think, where he could get some serious targets down the field outside the numbers. And I think the Eagles are going to need him. I think that's the way you beat this defense. You run the ball on early downs. And then if you do get into passing situations, you look outside the numbers or you look down the field against their sort of whatever you want to call bracket or double coverage, because weirdly there were some holes down the field in that coverage. That's great stuff. And I think Devonta Smith too, in that he's got such a good release and he's got such a knack for route running. I think, honestly, I think he's a better route runner than AJ Brown. AJ Brown's obviously gotten a lot of the press this year, but Devonta Smith's been very, very good. So uh, and the chiefs have a lot of rookies, a lot of inexperience in that secondary that, you could try to pick on as well. Let's flip it over here and let's talk Eagles defense now against the Chiefs offense. Uh, we'll start off with the running game because we alluded to it earlier that I think you could see the Chiefs try to go into heavy personnel and try to run because I don't know, the Eagles don't really have a base personnel. Like It's almost like their base personnel is 5-2. They don't put three linebackers on the field. If you count Hassan Reddick as a linebacker, sure, but everybody knows he's really just an edge rusher. So um, what do you think that they will try to do in their running game? Do you think they're going to, obviously they, they activated Clyde Edwards Hilaire. I kind of view him as running back three in this game. He's just the emergency guy, but I think you could see a healthy dose of Isaiah Pacheco early. Uh, do you think they're going to be able to find success running against the Eagles? And will the Eagles just let them because Anytime that you hand the ball off, Patrick Mahomes isn't throwing it. So there could be some validity to that approach. Yeah, this is the matchup for me. This is I, I'm going to find this fascinating. How many times have we said this year the Eagles do not mind giving up four or five yards to carry? Well, the last six, seven weeks, that's not been the case. I mean, against the 49ers, what did they do on first down? Five defensive linemen, two linebackers, four defensive backs. They came out to stop the run. Now, the 49ers are a unique team because they run the ball extremely well, but they also throw the ball well. And the Eagles decided the way of stopping them was take away the run early, force them into second and third and long, and then they can get their four defensive linemen up the field, rush the quarterback, et cetera, et cetera. We know how that story went. Um, will they do that against Patrick Mahomes? I am sceptical. I think they may see, uh, look at this game like you and think, you know what? 
If they run at four or five yards a carry, we will let them. The problem is that Patrick Mahomes does not go downfield as much as he used to. He excels in the short game. So, I mean, the Chiefs offense is first in like every category in terms of yards, EPA, points, passing yards, yards per pass attempt. It's an extremely good passing offense. It doesn't look like the best rushing offense, but actually they're 10th in EPA and 12th in yards per rush. And for what this team needs it to be, that is more than good enough. It just keeps them on schedule. I'm very nervous that the Eagles are going to play a bit of a soft, weak, passive zone and Mahomes is going to check down, check down, check down, check down. And I hope we don't see that Jonathan Gannon come out to play. I actually think they should go after the run early because I think as good as this offense is, I think the lack of wide receiver talent on the outside means if you can get them into obvious passing situations, I do think the Eagles defense is good enough. My worry is that the Eagles will not be able to get them into obvious passing situations. Um, We mentioned this at the start, but you can't talk about this game without talking about the Chiefs' 13 personnel. It is unbelievably good. And I mean, the numbers say it's good. 0.35 EPA per play is just outrageous. But when you watch it, they only do it on 10% of their drives or 10% of their snaps. And I feel like every time you watch a 13 personnel play, oh, this is going to be a good play. Because basically all they do is they force you into play heavy personnel and they throw it. Um, these are the numbers from Mahomes this year in the regular season. 39 of 53 for 568 yards, which, I mean, you do the maths, that's more than 10 yards per attempt from 13 personnel. The next highest is 332. That's 250 yards different between first and second for eight touchdowns and zero interceptions. It is just outrageously good. And by the way, if you do go heavy personnel, they also average 5.1 yards per carry from 13 personnel. Like they do everything well. If you stack the box, they run it. If you play a light, no, sorry, if you stack the box, they throw it. If you play a light box, they run it. Um, I am fascinated. I don't know about you because I've been thinking this over uh, this week. My gut tells me Chiefs come out, play 13 personnel. The Eagles are not going to go 5-2-4 this week. I have a feeling they're going to go 5-1-5 and they're going to hope that Maddox is good enough in the box to stop 13 personnel. Because what you can then do is you can have a safety or Maddox near Travis Kelsey if they throw the ball and you haven't got two linebackers because they will target Edwards and Wyatt. But what you've still got is that five-man front. You've still got Joseph, Cox, Hargrave, Reddick and Sweat. You've still got a really good defensive line um, to stop the runs. That might be the way they go this week, more of that 5-1-5. I don't know what you think about that, if you think that's too weak against the run, because the obvious problem is you get Avante Maddox in the box, well, run it. You're probably going to have a cornerback in the blocks against 13 personnel. So if you're running at Maddox and Slay from the outside, uh, that is a concern as well. So I'm just a little bit like you. I think the Eagles may stop the pass first this week and almost hope the Chiefs choose to run because it's it's a really hard offense to stop just because the quarterback is so good and Travis Kelce is so, so good um, as well. Yeah, and you, you talk about stopping their passing attack. And the question is how? I mean, a lot of times you look at an opposing team and you try to figure out what are they bad at and how do we force them into that? And you look at Patrick Mahomes. He's first in EPA against man coverage. He's first in EPA against zone coverage. He's first in EPA against the blitz. He's first in EPA against uh, middle of field open coverages. And then you find it. You say, wait, he is second in middle of field closed coverages. That's it. That's the weakness, right? He's only the second best against middle of field close. And so you look at it and you say, what do you do to stop Mahomes? And a lot of it comes down to pass rush, probably. But the Chiefs have a good offensive line. Now they've got some vulnerabilities, I think. Uh, and I think it's the tackles. Their interior offensive line, Joe Tooney, uh, Creed Humphrey, Trey Smith, they're phenomenal. You look at the edges, and I think you can win there. Orlando Brown is a big name. Uh, I think Orlando Brown, I think Josh Sweat's going to give him some trouble. And I think you can do some things there. He's an explosive player. I think he could give Orlando Brown problems. But then it's the right tackle. That's who everybody talks about, Andrew Wiley. right? He's given up nine sacks, 53 pressures. He's got nine penalties this season. Interestingly, 
He's ninth in ESPN's pass block win rate among offensive tackles. But as I watch him, what I notice, and I'm curious if you notice the same, he wins the majority of his reps. When he loses, he loses extremely fast and in high leverage situations. It's a big negative impact. Well, rushing against him will be Hassan Reddick, who when he wins, he wins extremely fast and he makes high impact plays. And so I think that's one of the biggest matchups to watch is getting after Mahomes uh, and being able to do it quickly. And it's not just getting pressure, it's finishing. PFF has a pressure to sack ratio. How many times, what percentage of the times you're pressured is it converted to a sack? And Mahomes only takes a sack on 10.5% of the plays in which he's pressured, which is the best in the league. And so the Eagles are great at getting pressure. They're great at finishing pressure. Mahomes is a whole different thing. His feel in the pocket, uh, it's so good. And so getting to Mahomes, getting him on the ground is going to be huge. And I I think one of the biggest things the Chiefs are going to do to slow down that pass rush is the screen game, right? Nobody designs the screen game like Andy Reid, the screens, the checkdowns. Uh, Jarek McKinnon has been a huge uh, threat out of the backfield. Uh, I think he has he has 512 receiving yards in the regular season. He has 574 yards after the catch. So his average depth of target is behind the line of scrimmage. That's just crazy. So you can slow it down with the screen game. You can slow it down with hitting Travis Kelsey quick over the middle. I think those are some of the things they might try to do. The question is for the Eagles, how do you counter that? How do you slow it down? How do you make Mahomes hold the ball so the pass rush can get there? Yeah, you mentioned the pass rush. I mean, he just doesn't take sacks. You mentioned that pressure, right? The pressure, right? They're second in sacks uh, taken at three percent. Mahomes just doesn't really do anything badly. I think if I'm looking at this game and I'm Jonathan Gannon, and I'm glad I'm not because I won't want to plan against this offense, is I think you're going to have to trust your elite players on the outside to cover receivers with no help. So the Eagles like to give quarterbacks a lot of help on the outside. I think this is the week where you say, right, Darius Slay, James Bradbury, whoever you're up against, Hardman, uh, Juju, Valdez Scantling, Maddox, whoever you're against, you need to win one-on-one. And then what we can then do is we can use our safeties and we can basically take them and we can not double Travis Kelsey all the time, but we can have eyes on him wherever he goes. The problem for the Eagles is if they their backups the chief sort of backup type wide receivers like a Mikael Hardman or a Kadarius Tony, who I think is very good, sadly, um, or a Juju Smith-Schuster, they start winning. If they start winning, then the Eagles are in huge trouble because if Juju goes off against Maddox, which I'm not saying he will, but if Juju starts beating him one-on-one, then, I mean, you, you're dead. The Eagles can't commit more resources to stop Juju Smith-Schuster. So they're going to have to hope that their top players win. They're going to have to just hope that their defensive line goes nuts but the Chiefs are not going to make it easy for them they're not going to hold the ball in the pocket Mahomes is going to escape Mahomes is going to get rid of it early I know it sounds really boring but I think they're going to have to win by being fundamentally really good don't be confused by the motion there's going to be a lot of motion this week linebackers keep your eyes on the ball don't be distracted by Miko Hardman running a stupid jet sweep um, there was a game this year when he had like three touchdowns Hardman I mean Andy Reid knows exactly what he is doing and he sets you up extremely extremely well but you're going to have to do the fundamentals you're going to have to allow some checkdowns because the Chiefs offense has the most yards after catch of any offense in the league this year. Mahomes doesn't get bored. He used to get bored and start throwing interceptions down the field. He will check down, check down, check down, check down. The Eagles probably won't mind that. The Eagles don't mind giving up short passes. What they're going to have to do is rally and tackle well because the Bengals did not tackle well against Isaiah Pacheco. There was a couple of ridiculous plays where he caught the ball and there was two defense, there was two linebackers on him and he broke both tackles and managed to get like 20 yards on a stupid swing pass. You cannot do that against this offense. They are going to win because they are very, very good. You cannot give them extra plays. Like I've seen some comments about like how good this Eagles defense is. I think this Eagles defense is brilliant. I think Patrick Mahomes is statistically the best quarterback, I mean, ever. Not in terms of long-term career, but in terms of having a good seasons every year. He is as hard to prepare as anyone that I have ever seen on tape because his brain is moving at a different speed. The angles which he can throw the ball are ridiculous. 
and his ability to throw under pressure is absurd. Just go and watch that Jaguars game and the first drive, there was a jump pass, there was a sling it around the corner on an RPO where the linebacker was blocking the slant route. I mean, he is that good. So he is going to score. Travis Kelsey is going to get some catches. The Chiefs are going to score some points. What the Eagles can't do is they can't screw up. They can't make mistakes. Darius Slay needs to be perfect on the outside. They can't give up a 55-yard bomb to Marquis Valdez-Scantling because he can do it. They will go deep against you at times. He's had games where he's caught three or four deep bombs. When Kadarius Tony catches a swing, pass, or a screen, you can't let him beat two defenders and run into the end zone like we saw Christian McCaffrey do last week on his own touchdown. I think you have to just accept the offense is good. What you can do is do your job at a very high level because the Eagles have got very, very good players. In terms of stopping Travis Kelsey, I'm not entirely sure what you do because he goes everywhere. I think when he's outside the numbers, once again, you might have to rely on your receivers, or sorry, on your cornerbacks to win. I think they will get him on James Bradbury quite a bit. I think you could help out. But if the Kansas City Chiefs go three wide receivers on one side, they put Travis Kelsey on the other side by himself. The way the Eagles defense works is, as you know, that safety on the isolated receiver side will play the trip side. The Eagles do it so they get five over three to trips because most teams, when they go trips, want to use all of that uh, space of all those players to create route concepts to beat zone coverage, to create natural rubs to beat man coverage. The Eagles might have to rely, you know, James Bradbury, go out there and win. And that's not going to be easy. But I think that those outside cornerbacks are going to be vital. It's so hard to, to cover Travis Kelsey because he goes in the slot. He goes out wide. He goes in line. He goes as a H-back. He goes in motion. He does everything. The idea you can just simply double him every play is nonsense. The big thing for me is, I, I keep coming back to it, I think this defense needs to stop the run early. I think if you can stop the run early, then you can get them into some obvious passing situations, then they can win. I think if you just give up checkdowns all day, I think the Chiefs will take checkdowns all day, and I think the Eagles will be in trouble defensively. The Eagles have got really good players. So they're going to make plays. Darius Slay will have a great play. Marcus Epps will blow someone up on a crossing route. They've done it all season long. This is what the Eagles defense does. I don't think they're going to suddenly bust and give up 45 points in this game. But good offenses and elite quarterbacks with one of the best play callers we've ever seen, they will do things well. Like the idea that the Eagles are going to shut them out like they did last week, I would love to be wrong. I just do not see it. I think the X factor is Mahomes' ankle. I would imagine after two weeks, he's pretty good. He looked pretty good to me last week against the Bengals, even if he wasn't uh, fully healthy. I mean, if 326 yards, two touchdowns, the 67% completion percentage is a not healthy Patrick Mahomes against a defensive coordinator, by the way, who was meant to have his number with his infamous just drop eight men and you've stopped Patrick Mahomes. Uh, well, you couldn't stop him last week on a bum ankle. So the offense is that good. I think Eagles fans sort of have to admit that just look at the numbers. It's a passing league. They're going to score points. For me, it's the fundamentals. You can't give up easy completions. You can't miss tackles. If you've got a chance to make a sack, take it. Don't let him break out of the pocket. If you get a chance to intercept it, you've got to take your chances because you're simply not going to get that many uh, against this offense. You can probably tell as I'm talking, I've watched way too much Patrick Mahomes the past three days and I am nervous because... Some of the things he does, some of the plays I watched this week, I only tweeted like 14 out. I, I could have tweeted out like 30 from 13 personnel. They are so efficient in what they do. It's a really, really tough offense to stop, despite the fact they haven't got Tyreek Hill or any elite talent on the outside. Yeah, that, I mean, that's that's it, right? It's Mahomes and it's how good he is and it's how good this offense is because of him and I expect this to be I mean I expect this to be a high scoring game I think you're gonna have to score a lot of points in this game I think it I think the stop that you get I think I think as this game goes on holding a team to three might feel like a big win and you're not gonna be able to kick field goals and stay in this game I kind of expect this to be a shootout sort of a game in the same vein as Super Bowl 52 was with Tom Brady having a spectacular game and the Eagles offense punching back and in games like that and in all games, it comes down to, do you win on third downs? Do you win in the red zone? And so uh, by EPA per play, on third downs, the Chiefs have the best offense in the NFL, and the Eagles are at fourth. 
So the Chiefs have a slight edge in third down offense. You look at defense, though, the Chiefs are 14th in defensive EPA on third downs while the Eagles are second. And so the Eagles hold a pretty big advantage there. Hopefully it equalizes out. You can do the same thing in the red zone. Red zone touchdown percentage. The Chiefs are second in the league on offense, scoring touchdowns when they get in the red zone. The Eagles are third. Defensively, though, the Kansas City defense is 30th in allowing touchdowns, while the Eagles is 11th. And so I think you look at the offenses. The offenses favor the Chiefs. The Chiefs are a better offense than the Eagles. But the Eagles' defense, I think, is significantly better than the Chiefs. And then you look at the X factor, which is coaching in-game. And I love having Nick Sirianni on the sideline instead of Andy Reid when it comes to game management, when it comes to time management, when it comes to aggression. The Eagles are one of the best teams in the league at not settling for field goals, making aggressive decisions. And over the long haul, we know that that swings in favor of the aggressive team. Super Bowl is one game, and it doesn't always cut your way. But we know the Eagles are going to be aggressive. We know the Chiefs won't be on third, fourth down situations. It's can you continue to convert those the way that they have so far this year? Um, So we'll kind of wrap all this up here. Uh, Johnny, I won't ask you for a score prediction because I know you hate doing score predictions, but tell me what you expect from this game, uh, how you think it's going to play out. Yeah, you know, you remember from the offseason, score predictions and uh, win predictions are not my favorite thing. I mean, I think the Eagles are a better team than the Chiefs. I think top to bottom, they're more talented. I think the coaching staff is weirdly possibly better because of the reasons that you outlined um, in terms of aggressiveness. Um, They're not better game planning, but I think it's easy to coach when you've got very, very good players. If the Eagles play the Eagles game, they should win. I think the key is going to be the offense. I think the idea that we're going to shut the Chiefs out to seven or 10 points, to me, I just do not see it. I think the Chiefs will score 20, 22, 25, maybe as high as 28. I think if they get in the 30s, then we're probably in a little bit of trouble. Um, for me, it's what you said. It's about being aggressive. It's about being good on third down. It's about being good in the red zone. Patrick Mahomes' ankle will see just how good he is mobility-wise. If he can't escape the same way, I think that's massive for this defense because if they can keep Mahomes in the pocket, that is absolutely huge. I tend to think my gut is that the Eagles are too talented to not do very well. But then I also come back to the fact this is Jalen Hurts' first Super Bowl and he's going against Patrick Mahomes, who has been in a lot and a lot of big games in his career and knows exactly what to do in these moments um it's a super bowl anything could happen an injury could happen early things could change the game goes on i think it will be an offensive game like you said i think both teams are actually going to run the ball quite a bit is my gut so i think you may see not that many possessions either um you might find that a close game favors uh, the Eagles in some ways who can continue to run it and not worry about playing catch up because I think the Chiefs are more likely to be able to come back from a deficit than the Eagles are. Uh, it sounds very cliche and very boring, but if Jalen Hurts does what Jalen Hurts has done this year, the gap at quarterback is not enough to overcome the gap in every other position. The problem is if Hurts is more like the Hurts we've seen the last couple of weeks and Patrick Mahomes is fully healthy, then all of a sudden, you've got yourself a very, very uh, tough game. I think most of the numbers suit the Eagles in terms of they're very good against play action. Um, they haven't struggled too much with heavy personnel this year. Um, I think they should be in a good position to do well against the Chiefs. I think they've done well against tight ends as well. I can't think of a tight end particularly uh, defeating them easily. And I think their cornerbacks are better than the Chiefs wide receivers. Um, I'm always nervous. I'm a pessimist half the time anyway, and it's Super Bowl, and I just can't get over how good the Chiefs' offense is from what I've seen in recent weeks. But I think gut feeling is this is a special Eagles team. I think the culture is outstanding. I think the talent level is extremely high, and I think the run game is going to come in clutch. And I think the Chiefs are going to play a lot too high, and I think the Eagles are going to fancy their chances and sort of grind down and dominate the trenches like we've seen this year a lot and a lot. And if that happens, I think Patrick Mahomes may be as good as any quarterback. But I think the Eagles team is talented enough uh, to win this game overall. So that is probably what I'd see, what I foresee coming, shall we say. 
All right. Yeah, I think the the Eagles are better at every position except for quarterback and tight end. Um, I it, this is like the two different ways that you can build a roster, right? Mahomes is the quarterback that every team in the NFL wants. Every team in the NFL would love to pay Patrick Mahomes a half of a billion dollars over the next decade to be their quarterback. But that comes at a cost. You have to trade Tyreek Hill. You, you have to let some guys walk in free agency. And so you have the superstar quarterback and you don't have as good of a roster. And then you have the Eagles in the vaunted rookie quarterback contract window. And so you can go trade for A.J. Brown. You can sign Hassan Reddick. You can trade for Chauncey Gardner-Johnson. You can sign James Bradbury. You can do a lot of things like it feels like to me this is the battle between the best quarterback to ever play the game and a roster that's just too good to fail. And we'll see which one comes out on top. Patrick Mahomes has to play his A game, and I expect him to do that. He he played his A game against the Bengals, and it was barely enough. Hertz was on his B game, and the 49ers just got boat raced. And so I come back to Hertz doesn't have to be perfect. He does not have to be elite. He has to be functional. The Eagles have to not turn the ball over and be able to run. And I think they can do those things. And I don't expect Hurts to melt down on a national stage. So I've, I'm feeling good about the Eagles' uh, chances to go win this game. I won't feel great until the scoreboard reads 0-0. Uh, if the Eagles are up 17 with eight minutes left, I will still be beside myself nervous because I've seen Mahomes do it before. But uh, I, I feel good about the Eagles' chances in this one. Yeah, I think we're on the same page. It's a quarterback versus an extremely talented team. Um, yeah, I think your point about turnovers is massive. I think the Eagles offense has done a good job not melting down this year. They've had a couple of games where they've it's got to them. I do think there's some young players on this Eagles offense, but I think there's more than enough cool heads who have been here, done that before. BG, Fletcher Cox, Jason Kelty, Lane Johnson. They've been there. They've done this there should be a calming presence for everyone else because I think Super Bowl does weird things to you. Players get hyped, they make mistakes. The Eagles have got some players that haven't been there before. Um, but I think overall they've got the culture, they've got the confidence. I guess the only thing to mention is the young coaching staff as well. So hopefully they don't feel the heat at the moment and start calling some weird plays or trying a Philly special on second and nine from their own five-yard line or something ridiculous. But that can happen. It's... It's one game. Anything can happen any given Sunday. Um, Super Bowl will do weird things. If the Eagles do what the Eagles have done all year, that they are the better team. But it's the Super Bowl. And, uh, we'll have to find out on Sunday. All right. Well, I think that is going to about wrap up our preview show here. Uh, Johnny, thanks for joining. Uh, always enjoy getting to have you on a podcast. Uh, you got anything that you want to plug? Anything that you want to get out there to the listeners? No, not really. Just read the articles if you haven't, because I've got a lot more detail, a lot more stats. I've done one on the Chiefs offense, one on the uh, Chiefs defense this week. And yeah, I'll be back next week, whether we win or, or lose. It'll be a rough week of watching film if we lose. Um, but yeah, if you haven't, go and check out, especially the one on the Chiefs offense and watch what they do from 13 personnel. Because I think when you see the clips, the first one I tweet is them throwing like a a deep wheel route to their third tight end who's in the backfield in motion and you realize like oh okay this is not what normal teams do so yeah if you go and have a check of that thread i think it will help you visualize some of the stuff that we've spoke about today and yeah except for that pleasure to be on as always and there you have it folks make sure you're following johnny on twitter check out his film threads uh his by the numbers articles it's great content that he puts out every week so thank you guys for joining us here on the epa podcast for your super bowl preview really appreciate all of the support this season if you are not already following the podcast make sure you're following it subscribe wherever you get your podcast platforms check it out on youtube give us those five star rating and reviews those always help us out and as always we'll sign off this podcast saying go birds